that I want to get at. And so last week where we kind of landed was this question, well, what at the end of the day is the work that God requires of us? What is, what is, what is it that he wants us to do? And in John 6, um, Jesus responds to this question, you know, what must we do to accomplish the deeds God requires? And Jesus says, this is the deed God requires, to believe in the one who he sent, right? To believe. Now, again, and we, we start to unpack it, but our understanding of belief can tend to be an intellectual uh, agreement with something that is stated. So a tenant of the faith, say, right? Um, so we believe that. But the problem is, how many of you guys know that it's possible for us to believe something with our minds, yet enact a completely different belief with our lives? <laughs> right? Totally. I believe in my mind that McDonald's is bad for me. I believe in my heart that my Oma and Opa love me. And so McDonald's is associated with, you know, so we, we have beliefs that govern us and that govern our behaviors, enacted beliefs, right? And so I believe, there's that word again, that this is what we're called to in the work of the kingdom is the enacted belief that what Jesus said was what he meant and that is true. Um, so, the, I want, you can write this down if you are that kind of person. Belief is the active agent in our kingdom work. That is always the active agent agent. It's always the thing that's at play. You know, when they talk, when you look at the, at a medicine, uh, uh, if you look at medicine, there's always the active ingredient, right? The thing that's actually the medicine, it's belief, enacted belief. And we want to get that into our nowhere. I consider my nowhere to be somewhere here, Right? This is my justifier, my head, my brain tends to be my justifier, but my nowhere is somewhere a little bit deeper. It's the thing that makes the decisions that I don't think about. And that's where I want us to, to cultivate and to have God, in a lot of ways, transform what we actually believe and practice. So, um, there, are, there are the two modes of working, Right? one way that we work is we work to get stuff, means, right? So we work to pay the bills. Um, and to build our life. And how many of you love that job? There might be a, like, there might be a couple of us. That's cool. Like, I can put up my hand and say that. Right, but how, but we but we know that that's not a super consistent thing, right? Like sometimes we just do what we've got it because we have bills to pay, right? So there's that kind of work. Then there's the kind of work that would that you would do, the kind of work that you would do if you became a millionaire tomorrow in a healthy way, <laughs> right? Um, one of the underlying things that I think is true, uh, we can talk about it another time perhaps. But one of my basic assumptions is that we were not built for leisure. We were built to work. 
right? I, I believe that that's true. I believe that it's good. And so the, what would be the work that you would do if you didn't have to worry about your resources, if you didn't have to worry about paying your bills? How would that kind of heart, that approach, that thing that's in you that would call you to write your book, you know, or to whatever the thing is that you would do if you could? Um, and again, I'm just setting stuff up here, but this is important. I think sometimes when we think about doing the work of the kingdom, that sometimes we can approach it like we're earning a wage, like this is still our ticket into acceptability in the church. And that can be the approach that we sometimes engage that work, right? Because it's still connected to compensation. It's still connected to a system where we're trying to be acceptable, trying to be contributing members of society and blah, 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 blah. My hope and part of why I want to frame this through the lens of creativity and not just the fine arts, but the big brushstroke understanding of what it means to be creative is that this work is stuff that we do with a full bank account. Because with regards to the things of the kingdom, guess what? That's our reality. Like we don't need to do anything to earn anything from Jesus. To earn, We don't need to do anything to earn anything from the Father. There is no earning in this. This is a, this is a result of having a full bank account. And I think some of us just need to hear that. Probably, t- guys, I've been following Jesus, trying to follow Jesus, let's say, for, oh, I don't know, 28 years or something, right? You know, you know what the content of what I'm talking about with my spiritual director is? It's this stuff. Like, I'm still, I'm still working this stuff out. I'm still trying to get my head into that space where I don't have to perform well in order to be loved, like I'm still trying to get this, so um, I'm dangerously close to a rabbit trailing, but I just I think it's important because the work that we do because we love it, or the work that we do because we have a full bank account and we still need to be, uh, we still have something to give. That place is very different. The way we wake up in the morning when we have that kind of work to do is completely different than the way we wake up when we have to be at our office desk by 8.30 or whatever, right? Okay. So we're going to mostly hang out in Genesis this morning, in the, in, in the first chapter of Genesis. Um. Now, you guys know what the first five words of the, of the Bible are? Does anyone? There's five of them. In the beginning, God created. Right. First five words of the Bible. It's not a complete thought. It goes on. But I love that those are the first five words of the Bible. In English. That's right. Good point. <laughs> That's awesome for the tape. Why did I just use the word tape? The recording tape, the cassette. For those of you listening to this on cassette, the Bible was written in English. (laughs) 
Thank you, Jason. Yeah. <laughs> okay. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, the earth was without shape and empty, and darkness was over the surface of the watery deep. But the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the water. Um, it's been interesting sort of preparing for this because uh, there's a phrase that uh, has been around the church for a long time, for for I mean, since near the beginning of the Christian church. Uh, and I think it's consistent with with the Hebrew understanding of of this. There's uh, it's a Greek. I think it's Greek anyway. Ex nihilio, right? Out of nothing. So there's actually a bit of controversy around that. The Bible doesn't actually say that anywhere specifically. Um, in John, though. There's uh, the first chapter of John. There's this phrase that basically says that everything that has been created was created in Jesus, and nothing that exists was created apart from Him. It's probably the strongest biblical thing that says without without God's intention or without His creativity, nothing is there. So out of nothing, something, and that's what I kind of see happening in this. Initial in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. God created the stuff. Um, who's ever created anything in this room? Hands up. Okay. If you don't have your hand up, you're not being truthful. So when you when you created something that didn't exist before, where did it start? Yeah, your imagination. It was an idea. It was a concept, right? I believe that that is consistent within the methodology of God as creator, right? He speaks into nothing. He speaks with his intention, he dreams a kingdom dream, and suddenly there's heavens and there's earth in that space. I just want to say that that is a really important thing for us as kingdom laborers to understand, is that we can call out into nothing, and something can emerge in that. Now, it's different. We have raw materials. Um, but, you know, I told a story last week about how somebody, a coworker, when I was quite young in a bookstore, made a statement that brought something to life in me that didn't exist before, the idea that I could do a certain job. Right? That was what happened. She spoke into, the, she spoke into something that wasn't there, and all of a sudden there was an idea. Right? I think that when we ask what does it look like to create possibilities, kingdom possibilities around us, what, is, what, what does that look like? How do we do that? Because we can. It's, yeah. I think it's a little bit of both. 
I think it's a little bit of both. I think that in terms of, um, I don't think it was an idea that had occurred to me, um, but I think that there was, there was raw material that grew into that. Uh, so I think that that, I think that that part is, that part is true, but I think it's, you know, um, and again, I don't want to over, you know, like state that particular scenario, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I think that that's true. And I think that that's where we partner with the work that God is already doing. Right. But I like to say that, or I like to think about, um, like when, when we engage in something like prayer, say for somebody else, um, we might, if we think that we're, we're going to pray for somebody who looks really sad or someone who's uh, sick or whatever, you know, we might think we're praying for a, for a miracle or for healing or for something like that. But really what happens when we, when we do that, when we say, can I pray for you, is that all of a sudden there's a whole world of possibility that's, that is created in that that we don't have the ability to control, right? Like that becomes, it becomes big. And, um, and that's the kind of thing that I'm wanting to get at. And what is the practice of partnering with God and calling those things into existence because it's not just like the work of God is not just about dealing out salvation to people like that is the starting point God has a purpose God has a desire God has in some cases a name an identity he he wants to create in in the world around us beautiful purpose right and sometimes we can get so hung up on when we engage as Christians and we want to see we want to see the kingdom come, right? I mean, do you guys want to see that? Right? You know. There's all sorts of different words about it. We you know, revival is one word that gets thrown about. Like we yeah, yes, yes. Yeah, of course we want to see that stuff. But I believe that it can while there is well the salvation story is so important, right? Like you don't have to be an evangelist in order, like an evangelist, a capital E evangelist, in order to do the work of God around you. You can call it out in your coworkers. You can see something and celebrate it and call that forward. You might be planting a seed. You might be speaking into nothing and creating something. It's the kind of lens that, you know, that I'd like to ask the question because I think there's lots of ways that that can take place. But I see that that is part of God's method is that he creates out of nothing. This is kind of a, a cute, you know, five words that create possibilities in the beginning God created. Another one is, may I pray for you? It's another five-word combination, right? Another one is, may I, can I believe for you? Because remember, the active agent here is belief, Right? That's powerful stuff, and it's also relationship-building stuff. This is, uh, yeah, okay. God's second method. 
And I love this. It took me a long time before I sort of stumbled across this idea in the, in the text or through, I, f- I forget where I first heard it, but um, in Genesis 1-2, so the second verse, goes like this. Now the earth was without space or shape and was empty. Darkness was over the surface of the watery deep, but the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the water. So God creates the heavens and the earth, and then we see this formless, soupy thing, kind of in the imagery, right? Now, when I read that for a long time, what I imagined was a still, a still surface with God hovering over like mist. That was my imagination, right? And, um, and what's interesting is that that's actually not evident in the text. There, when I think now, I think of a raging sea. I, I think of a swirling place of chaos. Right? Huh? Sorry, okay. Chaos. Um, God has this idea. He speaks out of nothing. And all of a sudden, we have primordial soup. Primordial is a word that I like. I like saying it just because it sounds cool. But what it means is it's the thing it's the first created, the first the first developed, um, existing or persisting from the beginning. This is de- this is dictionary stuff. Earliest formed in the growth of an individual or organ. When I think of primordial, what I think of is disorganized potential. Right? There's a joke. It's not a very good one. Um, humanity comes to God and says, we don't need you anymore. We figured out how to create life. And Jesus says, oh, okay. Well, let's have a competition and see who wins. And so he, so God does his thing, right? He gathers up the dust. He blows on it. And, there's, uh, and life emerges from that. And it's wildly successful. And then... And then the humans go and they start to gather their dust and, and God looks at them and says, no, 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 you got to get your own dust. That you laughed is comforting to me. <laughs> no, it's not. Okay. Do you guys, does this resonate with you? Endless possibilities is really stressful. Too many choices. Um, The the, the possibilities that exist in chaos are, uh, this is, it's it's stress-inducing, anxiety-inducing. It's frightening. Um, And I... There's excitement in that. There's so much excitement in it. And I don't know if you remember this becoming, like when you first encounter Jesus and you step into that relationship, I believe that everyone in the room has been in through this process. Um, I don't know if you remember, but the sense of like, what have I gotten myself into? You know, for somebody who was raised not in the church, I do have that remembrance, right? What have I gotten myself into? What is this thing? Right? Um, uh, 
God said, moving into verse 3 here, well, just to sort of recap for a second, keeping an eye on the time. God said, you know, he spoke in and he created the heavens and the earth. And then we have this primordial kind of soupy thing and the spirits hovering over this chaos. And I would say that his second act in this, act two, is to start to bring order into that chaos. And and this is interesting. This is a challenge because I really want to, on some level, for this to be a practical conversation because this is, after all, about work, about doing, about engaging in what God has for us. I think that there's something really cool in it that follows in the texture. So I'm going to read, and then I'm going to pull out three things that I think we can, three lenses that we can bear in mind for how we can come alongside and also help to create order and chaos. Because, you know, when we do that, we are, I think, engaged in the rhythms of what God does. It's kingdom work. In our workplaces, in our homes, etc., etc. So verse 3 goes like this. I'm going to read from 3 to 10. God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, so God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness night, and it was evening and there was morning marking the first day. God said, let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters, and let it separate water from water. So God made the expanse and separated the water under the expanse from the water above, and it was so. God called the expanse sky, and there was evening, and there was morning, sunset, sunrise, second day. And God said, let the water under the sky be gathered into one place, and let dry ground appear, and it was so. God called the dry ground land, and gathered the waters he called uh, seas. God saw that it was good. So I want to say that as we... um, look around us for how we can partner with God and how we can come alongside what he's doing like Jesus did. When we see chaos, when we see potential, but it's just chaotic, I think that we can, this is metaphors, I'm mixing a lot of metaphors today, but we can separate light from darkness Something we have the capacity to do. That's one of the, that's what God did. That's the first way that He started to create order. Light and darkness. What follows from that, this is kind of like a sub thing for me, is that in doing that and creating night and day, He also created rhythms of rest and rhythms of activity so we can help create those things too. But when I think of cre- of light and darkness and separating those things, Light shines, it exposes, it lets us see what's really happening here. I want to encourage you, as my fellow co-workers in the kingdom, to not make your first application of the light to shine on all of the bad stuff in people's lives. That actually, when we, when we do that, when we separate light from darkness and bring out of hiding into something visible, that what we're actually calling people into is value and love the unconditional love of God would be the first thing that I would aim to shine. Or, hey, do you see that you have this gift? 
hey, do you see what you, what you said over there, how that affected this person in a beautiful way? Call out and shine on what is good and beautiful. I believe that that is a good practice. With our relationships and friendships, maybe we can start to shine on some of the other stuff, but we better be careful. The Bible's pretty clear about that. So, we can create light. We can separate light from darkness. The other thing that we can do, you guys, we can, that God did, and I don't want to get into the firmament and the waters above and below and all that stuff. I'm not interested in that conversation this morning. I want to recognize that God created atmosphere. He, put, he created oxygen. And he called it the sky. We can, if we're in a place, this is part of our legacy, part of what God does. If we're in a place and it's underwater, so to speak, there's just no, no one can breathe or what they're breathing in is toxic, we can, we can create oxygen in that space. Right? We, can, we can do that by our kindness, by, by being safe place. Right? But do you know what it's like when I say and all of the, a, peop, a group of people were meeting and all of a sudden all of the oxygen got sucked out of the room? Do you know what I'm referring to? Right? I'm talking about the opposite thing. Let's bring oxygen in. Right, And the third thing that God did was he created firm ground, something solid. Right, He gathered up all of the waters of the sea, and he, and, or all of the waters, and he gathered them into seas, and he created terra firma, something to stand on. And so that's a way we can bring order into chaos in our relationships, in our workplaces. And I, what does that look like? What does it look like to, I, I want to encourage you to add to stability in people's lives. That's part of what God did. He created stability. Right? He created something that was reliable for the most part. The earth is, the ground is pretty reliable most of the time. Right? Um, Is that resonating? Do you guys have questions, thoughts? Yeah. Because what I want to invite us into is to look at every space that we're in and not just ask the question, who can I pray for or how can I be spiritually active and battling in the background? Not to be dismissive of those things. That's important. I don't want to diminish any of that. But practically, are there ways that I can fall into the creative rhythms of God? Because if I do... I, I believe that we will see really good fruit from that. Does that make sense? Okay, so we're going to call into nothing, and we're going to call stuff out that we see. We're going to use the kingdom imagination, the Godful imagination. That's what fuels that. And then we want to look around, and we want to identify chaos, because chaos is full of potential, and we want to figure out how we can partner with God to bring order into that. That's part of the gift of the, the, it's part of the gift of the kingdom, you guys. All right? So, I'm done. That. We'll do two more methods next week. And, uh, and then I'm going to hand it over to Brady, who's going uh, to do a couple of weeks of teaching. Um, it'll be similar, and, but it'll be kind of its own thing as well. So, Yeah, three metaphors. Light, separating light from darkness creating oxygen or atmosphere 
and uh, creating solid ground, right? And what's interesting was that, well, actually, I don't, I don't want to rabbit trail on that. Yes, yeah, so those are the three metaphors. Yeah, so I don't know if I delivered on my promise to be super practical. I tried really hard, you guys. I tried not to lie in that video where I said I was going to get practical. Um, okay, I'm going to pray. And I think um, what we have, Don, why don't you come up? We can take a bit of time just to respond. Um, just so that everyone's clear, in my mind, we're done at quarter two. That's sort of my, okay. Um, and what I want to invite you into is, um, like, is there chaos in, in your life right now? Is, does there feel like there's a sense of nothingness that you need? You need God's spark to come along and to create life? Because we can't give away what we don't have. And so those might be two questions that we can respond in worship to or prayer for one another. So Lord, we, uh, we do, we just uh, invite your presence, your Holy Spirit to, to come. And Lord, that you would open our eyes to the ways that you move. Thank you.